Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listic Behind the Curtain. Ordinarily, I open by saying it's my opportunity to leave the world of politics and law behind from the WGN TV world and talk about the world of theater and the arts. Except this time, actually, I don't quite do that. Um, we are talking about the world of theater and the arts, but we're doing so with a focus on the law and politics, because you can't help it when the show you're talking about is what the Constitution means to me, currently playing over at the Timeline Theater on Wellington, and what an amazing show it is. I saw it in its uh, other form with Broadway in Chicago, and now it's back in a very intimate setting, which, as you will see with our guests, a set that I think is even more amazing than one I've seen before. Let me introduce my guests to you. First of all, playing the lead, playing Heidi, playing the person who technically wrote this thing uh, is... (laughs) Is Beth Lakey, uh, who has, the, and I got to talk to you about that, Beth, because yes. you see a lot of people. Um, and also the director of the show, because, you know, Beth and I can kind of make some guesses at things, but that Helen Young can step in and say, no, let me tell you what is really going on here. And that is good. Uh, and just so you know, Beth, we're paying homage uh, to you because, Helen, you are perfectly placed. But take a moment and show Beth what you're really covering up. What? Oh, <laughs> It's you, Beth. It's you. Oh my! Oh, my favorite. It's just me, me, me. So it's Great. you're you're here, and yet you're there. <laughs> the power, the power of magic of theater and <laughs> film and computers. And thank you, Helen, for staying exactly dead center in the frame. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. I, but you need to know if the pandemic comes back, we're shifting to that other set. So that's you know <laughs> perfect. No, God forbid that'll never happen. Um, so, Beth, I said you trick people, and the reason for that is because um, you play Heidi Shrek, um, but she's not just a character. Um, she's the one who tells the story, but she is the playwright, and this is her life. And I can't tell you how many people, with all due respect, not only in this incarnation, yeah. but in previous incarnations, no matter who's in that role, they think they're going, no, no, we actually had the playwright. Um, right. how, do you, how do you feel about that, knowing that that's what it means you're successful in what you're doing? Oh, you mean that people mistakenly think that I'm the one who they just think it? you're really Heidi, yeah? That you oh well, then mission accomplished. That just means that I've not that I fooled people, but that in our storytelling through Helen's direction and what we've all created together, that it feels very personal, and that um, uh, by by embodying the story as much as possible, um, that people will believe it's. That's the that's the goal of any play, of any you know narrative, and any storytelling is you want it to be as personal as possible, and people will believe. But I definitely, I had a lot of panics before Helen and I really started working together. She was getting like three emails a day, like, I mean, should I watch it? Should I watch it on Amazon? Should I not watch it? Should you know? I, because I really didn't want to. It would be a it would be a fool's errand to try and channel Heidi's performance um, because no one can. Be Heidi. So I wanted to be a channel for her story and less her, which is a tricky thing because I also wanted to respect the fact that it, it is her story. So it, it was a fine line to walk. And thankfully, I had Helen Young as my my <laughs> navigator of that. Well, and, and I'm going to come back to you in a moment and ask about the play. But given what you said, I want to do a quick follow up with that sure. with our director, uh, Helen Young, because, you know, Helen, unlike doing um, unlike doing a show about Tina Turner, 
um, or Michael Jackson, where you have the audience going, okay, I know who that person is, so let's see how good the actor is. And even different from doing a show like Dear Evan Hansen, where you say, I know Ben Platt, so let's see if the rest of these folks can do it. Here, while you did originally on Broadway have the playwright do the performance, but Heidi is not that well known of a figure where you, you know, you can have an actor step in um, and pull off portrayal. But I'm curious as the director, did you sort of want this to be true? Cause you have seen, I'm sure, uh, Heidi's performance. So did you say we got to be true to Heidi or did you say, no, no, I'm, I'm directing Beth now. This is our own thing. Yeah. Uh, the, for, uh, the latter. Yeah. The latter. Um, okay. and so the reason is I think to play. I don't know if I'm the one that's causing the feedback. Sorry about that. I think this play um, works best when it's very personal. So uh, one of the things that Beth and I talked about was making it as personal as possible, but being true to the various arcs of the story. And Beth did such an amazing job that her friends, who she's known for, you know, over, I don't know how many years, said to me, at some point we thought, are these Beth's stories that got added? to uh Heidi's play so um to me mission accomplished so yeah oh absolutely so Beth I want you to tell the story of what this is about but here's the good news you can use the set that's behind Helen to tell the story of what we're going to see because fortunately um that's the set and I'm going to compliment that I don't know I'm I don't know who designed that set but Helen I got to tell you I've seen this show before I have never seen mm-hmm. as good uh a set to get the message across for this show i mean you know people do different things i know we're in a legionnaire hall and all of that i don't ever recall seeing anything that's like you really feel like you're in a legionnaire's hall so beth tell us the story but feel free to make reference to the set that happens to be in the picture thank you well it's actually interesting because to your point different iterations of this it has been probably more of a um symbolic kind of set and so there's a line in the play where heidi says this hall, it's, it's not a naturalistic representation of an American Legion hall. And like every night when I say that, I'm a little bit like, you can get, this is pretty like, you know, plus like the intimacy of the space, you really do feel like you're walking in. So basically um, what the constitution means to me is a play from, it's a play from a woman's perspective who uh, Heidi Shrek, who, um, when she was 15 years old, she would perform speeches about the Constitution at American Legion Halls for these contests where she would earn prize money to put herself through college, which she was so good at in real life at 15 that she was able to save up enough money to completely play, you know, pay for her state, state, you know, education, you know, state school 30 years ago, but she was able to pay for it. That's how much of an expert she was at 15 on the Constitution. She really, really, really loved it. She was a zealot. She was very passionate about the Constitution. But then um, in her 40s, she started to revisit the Constitution based on the political landscape that was happening in our country um, and really starting to question what was it that I loved about the Constitution. And so she thought she would revisit um, those old speeches and with her current middle-aged, I've lived through life, um, I have a different, you know, perspective just on um, what America means, what America means to marginalized communities, what America means to uh, women, and also um, her family's um, stories. And um, really incorporating that, I think, in a very brave way to personalize um, these concepts, these ideas about how the Constitution may or may not fail 
certain groups. Um, and then by bringing in her actual family, her actual own personal experience, um, inviting the audience to think about their own families, about their own experience, and really kind of making the Constitution a living, breathing document. And hopefully by the end, you're re-inspired to um, find ways that the Constitution can work for us. And to really, I, I think it's a very patriotic play. I think it's, you know, um, very supportive of the democratic process is really trying to show people that you have to get involved. So it's, it's a, it's a bit of a, a love letter to the constitution while also be like, do I want to break up with you? I don't know. You know, you've, you've hurt me. You've hurt me terribly, but I love you. You know, it's kind of that uh, emotionally abusive relationship yeah. with the constitution. So Helen, I'll, I'll, I'll give it over to you. That's well, I'm going to follow up always. with heaven on that. If I, with Helen, if I can, uh, first of all, I have to, I have to say, I, so I'm a geek about this stuff because yeah. as I mentioned, I was a law school Dean and I, you know, I mean, the, my world is, lives in all this and I've been teaching constitutional law for 20 years. So when I, when I go and sit down in that show, I'm ready to take notes going, I'll tell you what you got right. Um, uh, which is not smart, but, <laughs> but, but I also make an assumption. One quick follow up for you, Beth. I got to get to Helen, but sure. one quick follow up for you. I assume that because you're doing this role, you too have become a constitution geek and that you and I could sit over a cup of coffee and just talk about I mean, the constitution. Very Do you, do you care? Or are you an actor? So I do. do. It's a role. No, no, no. I do care. But if I say this, please don't ask me any questions. Um, but I actually, like, as soon as I, not as soon as, because I got the part back in December, but as soon as the new year rolled around, I actually put up a post on my social media, like with a huge stack of constitution, you know, books on the constitution saying, and do not disturb. Like I actually had it on a mug. I'm like, do not disturb. Like not only do I have to memorize a lot of words, but I'm going to try and, you know, shove as much because Heidi, to her point, was, you know, a bit of an expert. I mean, she she earned a lot of money at 15. So I wanted to not just honor the the personal stories, but her knowledge. But yes, I Paul, I'd like to hype. In my imagination, yes, I too could sit with you over a cup of coffee and speak to the Constitution, but not in any way that one of your students would want to be quizzed. So, yeah. Oh, no, I won't even go there. Uh, (laughs) I think we'd have a more interesting conversation. Um, And Helen, here's my follow up with you. And my first question to you, there's one rule. You do not get to answer this with the answer both. Is this play the story about Heidi Schreck and her life, career, growing up, all that kind of stuff? Or is it about the Constitution and what it needs to mean to the country? And I know the answer is both, but if I don't let you say both, which way? Helen, you, you choose one and I'll, I'll say the other. <laughs> okay, that's, how, that's how we divide and conquer, How Divide and conquer. Um, it is about the Constitution and what we who hear about this situation uh, need to do something about this country, whichever side we feel we're part of, or not even two sides, the hundreds of sides we may have in this country. um, We need to exercise our democracy and figure out how the constitution does and does not um, protect us or uh, argue for our rights and then do something about it. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Beth, I actually have to, I have to ask you, you in my world, I, I'm just stopped on the street all the time, whatever, with people who then want me to hear their view of politics and, mm. you know, what they think about everything. And I smile and whatever, when in my head I'm going, I don't really want to listen to this. But uh, you, so I'm sort of curious after the show, I'm sure people are waiting for you. Um, aside from those who say, I love you, you're fabulous and whatever. Do you have people who then do want to engage in a, to let you know what they think about things and, you know, what's right? 
Yes, I have. Um, I, because I'm spending so much time in an intimate space with the audience and I, you know, I'm, there are a few times I'm really maintaining eye contact for an incredibly long period of time, I'm sure for the audience member. Um, so there, there is a kind of a personal connection, which I, uh, those of us who are involved in the play, we keep wondering what it would be like in Lincoln Center where she was, like where it would be in these large, you know, spaces because we just love our 99C house. We love, I can see every single face in the crowd. So I think just by the very nature of the play, there already feels to be a conversation that's been started between myself and the IS members. Um, and in the second half of the debate, we're also asking them for their voice to be shared. So I think it's already said. So yes, after the show, it's been kind of an extension of that conversation. And um, although a few times, even in the debate where we, you know, give the, the microphone to someone and we just say, this is all you have to do is read it out loud. We've had on more than one occasion, people using that as a platform oh. for their views. Before we're like, could you just, could you open the envelope? So they have <laughs> like a good, you know, um, and, and, but what's also fascinating to me, and it could just be the nature of the play, um, it's mostly women. It's mostly women who have an opinion. Um, and most of the opinions are actually, because they, they somewhere are a little bit older, are to please get involved. You know, so when they have that microphone, they're saying, even from a place of it was actually much harder for me than for you, than for you, than for you. Yeah. And they're saying, don't let that discourage you. Like, don't like, don't let that, um, set a depression in or um, it's outside of my control, you know? So it's been very empowering. And, and um, there've been more than one occasion where we have an evening show. It's usually after the matinee where there are people out where Raymond Fox is always, you know, he's always my best buddy. He plays the legionnaire. He's always like, okay, Beth needs to eat. Like, let's go, you know, we have, we have another show to do, but I, but I personally will, I love talking about it. And what's also really beautiful is they're not just talking about the constitution. They're talking about things that happened to them in their own lives yeah. and things that happened to their mothers and grandmothers. And so to me, it's a, it's a great honor to hear those stories. And that's a testament to this play is that um, people who are listening or participating are thinking about their own um, stories and and their families. So yeah, I think the first time this play made its rounds was on Broadway. It was all pre-pandemic, but but it was also before the court had its current look. And yeah. so there's no doubt to my in my mind with the abortion issues, the gun issues, the things that are and just wait, folks. You are on this show runs through it as we talk now through July second, and the last week of June is when all the big cases come down from the Supreme Court, yep. including affirmative action uh, and other cases, which I can tell you what's probably going to happen. But let me tell you, you'll have even more audience members getting ready to chat with you. Mm -hmm. uh, after our last week in June. Uh, but but that being said, by the way, Raymond Fox scares the hell out of me because I ever since <laughs> ever since I saw him perform at Looking Glass a while, but I want to yes. say the show was, you know, where he played a, the stalker, the pet, right? The pedophile. The pedophile stalker. And I mean, I saw him at the party afterwards, opening night, whatever. And I would ask Raymond, you just scared the hell out of me. Um, and <laughs> never, and he's a great guy, you know, and I had to talk to Schwimmer, other people who are like, no, no, he's fine. He's, he's no. He, he said that that one, he spoke to that, like, because doesn't he start in the audience too? But that's I can't remember that so many. Oh, he might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he starts in the audience, like, he's like sitting next to you the entire time. And then, like, like the creepy guy. And he's the exact opposite. So that's a testament to his ability to completely transform and, and Absolutely. take Absolutely. And also a testament to his ability, the fact that years later, he's still scaring the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see him on stage and I'm like, oh no, who's he looking at? Anyway. <laughs> 
my compliments to him. Tell, tell him I said Yes, I, we will. Uh, so, Helen, I did another follow-up question with you, and I, I imagine you will know the answer to this, and maybe I'm wrong. Um, I saw this play in its previous incarnation, whatever. I also know that I think we're very early on. I think the reason you guys are able to present this is because the, the rights are now being released. And so it's, we're now, you know, beyond the Broadway moment. And I thought I heard some changes in the script, nothing major, but a few moments here and there. And I thought that's been updated. That's, that's been modified. And I thought that could only happen. Um, because it perhaps has been released and Heidi allowed that to happen. Am I nuts about this? What, what's the deal? No, we have the latest version, which was uh, copyright 2022. And I think her original version was 2018 or 19. Um, so we do have an updated version. And in her script, there are encouragements for ad lib as needed. So oh. some things are ad libbed uh, in the moment based on what's happening in the room, but uh, not a lot. But it is a, an updated script for sure. Okay, so I wasn't wrong about that. That's good. Uh, and Beth, let me come back to you because in this, I'm trying not to never have secrets come from me. I, you know, I don't want to disclose something and have you say, you know, I wish you hadn't said that. So mm-hmm. I let you do all the disclosing. Although I have yes. to tell let you, the, inter- yes, yes, let it fall on me. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like when I interviewed the the cast of Dear Evan Hansen, they didn't want people to know that Connor died in the first seven seconds. I'm like, that, that, that's the <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> like I'm not ruining anything, uh, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> But anyway, so in this show, the second part of it, uh, we, we get to meet um, Sophie. And is it Michaela? Am I saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we get to meet Sophie or Michaela, depending on the night that we're there. And that's something that, uh, uh, well, talk about who those actors are. And I also think, I'll come back to Helen for this, but there might be a change too. I'm feeling like maybe that we're getting actors performing. I, I felt like when I saw it years ago, I, I'm not sure, but I think I was just seeing actual debaters who were not winging it, but, but it was, so Beth, what are, what are we seeing in the second part of that show without me giving things away? Well, Helen, I, how might speak to pre- previous um, productions? I know that Heidi did work with an actual debater that she pulled out of it, like a New York school. So the original, original, original um, was the debater. And I believe that debater did tour, oh, uh, start, okay. start the tour with the first um, actor who took on the role. Um, so I will, so I'll set up the debate and then I'm going okay. to go over to Helen to talk about Michaela in that process of casting and, um, and what Helen was looking for in that debater as it's changed. But the second part, um, the first part while being very light and Helen and I were laughing that she'll send friends and come, she's like, wasn't that so much fun? And they're like, <laughs> like you know, what do you mean fun? And I was like, yeah, but it's funny, you know, um, so the first half has some lightness and there's all, but it does, we go through a lot as a, as a collective, you know, um, Raymond and I, you know, Heidi and Danny on the sh- you know, in the play, we kind of go through a lot and we're dealing with really big topics about the constitution, whether or not it's working or if it's doing the exact thing that it was designed to do from the beginning and can it shape and shift and how it has through amendments and throughout history and that progress kind of goes back and forth. So the second part of the show is a debate that is a live debate that is fresh, you know, every night within the um, framework as well. So I always say that there are things that Heidi wanted to continue to say in the debate. Do the so topic, the, do the topics change? Well, yes and no. So Heidi has, I think there's like a framework and that's one of the areas where Helen said, you know, in the, in the play, it says, feel free to ad lib and that, you know, if there's current things going on or, you know, we've taken a lot with the audience, but there are, there are certain 
ideas and concepts that I think when Heidi was, I'm, I'm assuming that when Heidi was playing it herself, it could have been fully improvised because they were her thoughts and ideas. But as she's now let us all kind of take it and run, those thoughts and ideas still needed to um, be conveyed. And so it's, it's through the debate, but there is a lot of fun. So per night, um, Sophie and Michaela, we switch off and we switch off different, whether we keep or abolish the constitution. That is the debate. I should have started with that. So the debate is, do we keep the constitution or do we abolish it? And then um, we have fun with that. Helen, if you want to speak to about Sophie and Michaela and. Yeah. I mean, it is scripted. The debate is scripted. So, uh, and there clearly, clearly, as Beth mentioned, there are topics or ideas or phrasings of sentences that, um, Heidi wanted us to share. So in that sense, it's not a spontaneous debate, if that's the question. And uh, by the way, with all due respect, it makes total sense because in the original iteration of this, when if Heidi actually had a debate around there, you could do what she was doing. But but now this thing is for public release. And so, yes. you know, you can't you can't expect theater companies all over whoever does this. I, I, I don't know anybody else doing it besides Timeline, but that's all I care about. Um, <laughs> Thank but, you. Yeah. I mean, you know, you shouldn't have to, like, you know, send a message out to all the local universities that we need a debater that would put pressure on you. I think as a director, Helen, that just who needs that? Yeah, and it would put a lot of pressure on the actors each night, too, yeah. to say, okay, what are we doing tonight? You know, so uh, it's helpful that it's scripted. Thank yeah, God. plus, because Beth is playing an expert in these debates. Maybe you were, Beth. I don't know when you're in your past, but we can't expect every actor to, to be the expert debater. Um, No, you certainly can't expect that from me. <laughs> I don't know about the other. For me, 100%, no. The joking around and the playing and all of that. Oh, here comes my dog who doesn't like. Oh, my, dogs are mine. He doesn't like, he doesn't like my Zoom voice. He always wants to know if, if he needs to call the fire department. He always thinks I'm um, <laughs> under duress. Um, so, uh, yes, the fun of it, the fun that I have with the debater and the fun I have with the audience, that is something that I could, you know, I could do all day and all night and really, you know, get people excited and jazz. But no, the actual points made although um ruth bader ginsburg's son who came to the show James, uh, yeah. last week he had some suggestions that um i don't know if you got the note through miranda holland there was just one and that i have added it which is uh, michaela asks um so now right now is when you want to change the constitution i just say well not while marjorie taylor green is in office no and it gets a huge like no so he just wants he just wanted her name in there for like he's like it, it was just an idea he's like because that also brings in the reality that wasn't even there when Heidi um when 2000 so the last I'm so sorry Helen we have the updated script from what year 2022 20, right mm-hmm. 2022 mm-hmm. so um but there's even our current you know political climate is even more dangerous than it was when this was first written and the different you know um amendments as you will say to the play since well, and that, and that's, and, and by the way, Beth, to what extent you have your own political views? I'm not asking you about that. I got to deal with that in, in my, <laughs> my show. But, um, to, to, but to the extent that, that your politics gets triggered one way or the other uh-huh. in this thing, that has to also influence, well, you're an actor. So maybe it doesn't influence your performance, but I, I would influence my performance. It, it does. You know, Helen, um, created a, an environment in our rehearsal process. Where, you know, that whole first week really only had about three weeks of rehearsal before I think previews, if that's correct. So, um, and she allowed you, allowed, I'm speaking views if you're not here, um, 
Let's talk about her. She yeah, yeah, let's talk about her. So anyway, um, <laughs> she's really amazing. Um, so she allowed like a full week of table work um, where we were just talking about the play. And in that space, even, this is completely a testament to Helen, um, that we all got to talk about our personal experiences. And this even includes like we had a we had an interim stage manager because our other one was working on the show. So we had a woman who was there for a week who was sharing her perspectives and her, you know, stories. So I as actors, you kind of take from everywhere. So everyone was offering me things. It was like, it was like bunches of flowers, right? And all of a sudden I have this huge thing of flowers. So the whole play is, you know, this person's story and that person's grandmother. And, um, and then my own political views. And Helen, one of the things that we did talk about a lot is I come from a very Catholic family. Um, and they have very strong pro-life views. Um, so my, my um my approach to that one section of the play was important to me that all of these things I've heard about women, this assumption about women who, and I don't want to give too much weight for your audience, but for women who are making reproductive choices, um, that there's a perception based on what I've just heard for, you know, since I could hear the story, so 30 years, um, that was important to me, which may or may not be true of other actors' performances in that section. Um, it might be more strident for different actors, but for me, I wanted to convey that it is a difficult decision, no matter what you do, whatever you choose, because it was important for me, which is part politics, part family, part, you know, um, how I, it's, it's very tricky to, you never want to emotionally manipulate an audience. And this is a fine line with this, Play because there are so many emotions and there are so many. Um, so in bringing heart and bringing my own personal experience to this play, I just wanted to kind of lay it out there. So yes, yeah, so my politics, uh, my upbringing, my family's politics, their upbringing, you know, there's a lot about lineage in this play too. And we are all kind of, um, we're all kind of the end of a very long story until our children, our children. So all of the different interweavings of families and stories and perspectives kind of are being channeled through me, through Heidi's story. So it's, it's, so yes, my politics are there and, and it's very exciting because I get to hide behind Heidi. <laughs> like as it was a great, as a middle-aged woman, I'm like, fine, I can tell everyone that I'm pro-choice, you know, and I do it through Heidi and through Heidi's story. Um, um, so yes, my politics are there. Um, my family's politics are there. The audience's politics are there. Everyone, it, it, it is really a communal experience more than I've ever had, including the rehearsal process. And have. I'm going to come to Helen, but I just have to ask you, Beth, did you know that James, uh, Ginsburg was in the audience before the show? No, they did not tell us. Um, and then all of a sudden we come around the corner, like, Hey, that was a pretty, okay. You know, we always do the, Oh, that was a terrible show or that was a wonderful show or, you know, Oh, I, I made up, I made a mistake or I, I stumbled over the word Herbert Hoover, which is always hard for me to say every night, <laughs> you know, like, how did I do on Herbert Hoover? Mm, fair to Midland. And then all of a sudden they're like, quickly get out of your clothes. We're like, wait, what? They're like, get out of your costume. Get us a very special guest. And then whenever they have a special guest, they always have to say, it's not Heidi. That's always the first thing. Is that Heidi? But we have a very special guest. And when they no, so I did not know that Jim and Abby. And then Jim also brought me a gift. He brought me an album of his wife's, like uh, he, it's called the Song Cycle. Yeah, you posted. I saw a picture. You posted. Yes. That. I saw that. So it was a gift of you know songs about his mother, and yeah, it was very powerful. Yes. Okay. 
How neat. Yeah, because you know what? If I, if, if I were like your role and I knew he was there, I would probably at some point look at him and just go, wait, Jim, didn't your mom say that, that, you know, uh, I would have with the voiceover at the end, I just would have made direct eye contact with him. Just let the tears. <laughs> Your mom's exactly. voice, she's, you know, we all feel her, you know, so yeah, yeah. Right. Helen, so as director, again, I'm not asking you for your politics, but as director, you can't help but have it. So did you work with, with Beth, the other, you know, Raymond, the other actors in the show? Is there some sort of kubaya? let's have a discussion before we get into this and put that kind of stuff on the table? Or is it irrelevant to your role as a director to say, I don't care how you think, we've got a show to put on? No, we, we talked about it a lot. Um, but, but there's also the element of things that I wanted to make sure that we shared that we also brought to the table. Um, but the rehearsal process that I love is to hear everyone's viewpoint. And then in the end, you know, trust that if I had to make a hard choice, I will make the choice that's needed to, to get to where we need to go. So we don't have a mishmash of the story. Um, but I will say what's amazing about both Beth and Raymond is, they are both people who can take in a lot of different viewpoints and then merge it together in something complex. Um, so I, I am so thrilled that I got to work with both of them and so grateful that they can do that. So, yeah. And by the way, Helen, uh, there's something again, I, I don't give up anything. So the audience members leave with a little gift. And um, I'm guessing, because I can also remember getting those at, at past uh, shows, is that a requirement or is that a timeline thing saying we're going to do that too? It's written in the script to give those away, um, but I don't think it's required. It's not legally required. Um, we were able to acquire those from the original production because they are not touring. And so oh, they really? had, oh. and they were kind enough to share those with us. So. Okay. Uh, and now folks watching and listening, what is he talking about? Well, you have to go see the show to find out. Uh, that's <laughs> clever. The <laughs> and Beth, I mean, you've got such an extensive, I mean, you've been at Steppenwolf and Goodman and, you know, I mean, just all the great theaters um, around Chicago and elsewhere. But the timeline I've always found, first of all, love your current location. I know you're moving to a better one. And I'm always telling PJ, don't move because I walk there. Uh, so, <laughs> no parking problems. And it's all about me. So I really <laughs> don't. That's all that matters to me. Um, but anyway, uh Talk to me about what's different. I just think timeline gets a bit of a different. Chicago audiences are all great, but timeline seems to get a bit of a more sophisticated audience, maybe, maybe because of the love of history. I, I, you know, so this is my third production of Timeline, and I actually went to DePaul with the founding members. So I've known PJ and Nick and Juliet and Pat, like I've known them since. You know, we were kids. And yet they're all so much older than you. But go ahead. They're so much older. And I'm like, this is weird, you guys. I don't remember being 12 <laughs> in college, but I was pretty advanced. Um, so uh, what they started with, so I remember their mission and their passion in the beginning. And I joke with them that we all were like, we just decided to create this theater company right out of college. And we were like, you're crazy. And they had this passion and this mission that they have successfully um season after season have gone deeper and broader and deeper and broader. It's like simultaneous, you know, and, and with that brought in more and more audiences. So I think, I think they have one of the highest subscriber rates in the city. And I think that's a testament to how audiences can count on them, you know, pr production after production after production, you can count on them for either it's the story, either it's the performances, either it's the set It's like all of the different components they just care so passionately about what they're doing and they care so passionately about the stories that they are trying to tell. And I think that, I think that does read. And to your point, I love that. 
I love that 99C house. You know, there's nothing like them. And to me, that's what makes Chicago special. I mean, I'm sure their next space is going to be amazing and beautiful. And then that will afford them to reach even more audiences, which is, you know, great. But yes, I, 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 that's my, that's my experience with them. This is Helen's second production with them, right? Helen, I don't know if you can speak to them. Yeah, I did. Although I have to tell you on Fridays, the good thing about being where you are, you're also attached to the Chabad uh, Lakeview, which is a a, a synagogue. And so on Friday nights, I'll pop by late afternoon because you can get challahs made by the rabbi's wife and just take them in before your performance and sit and eat a nice warm loaf of bread. So is that what's set up outside? Yeah, that's his kids oh, are selling okay. chocolate chip cookies, often lemonade. Weather's getting good again. And challahs. And I would like to recommend of the three kinds, there's the regular. <laughs> and I grew up with this. There's the regular and the sweet and this and the uh, everything bagel type. Okay. It's, you know, the everything is really good. And in fact, I do our nine o'clock news at night. I do a political weekend review. And it's gotten to the point where I now have to bring everybody rolls or pieces of a loaf and so there's tom skilling munching on a piece of uh, challah bread but um yeah it's really good and it's on friday so that's what that's all thank about. you very much i will i'll take a picture of me shoving my face <laughs> oh, oh and and ra- i'll send it your way yeah i, I know that's the, the photo you're hoping for Paul. and if the rabbi is there he will take the picture with you i promise you <laughs> wonderful i'll tell him you sent me so Helen, let, let's talk. We're, we're we're running out of time as I'm watching our, our timer. But um, in terms of other theaters you perform with, I mean, and working with PJ in this whole crew, I mean, it, it has got to be a very special experience for you with the intimacy of what you get to direct here. Yeah, um, and also the company itself. You know, the the space is intimate, um, but the company they're very uh, they care about history. Obviously, they care they care about the mind, but they care about the mind through the heart. And they embody it in the way that they work and the people that they hire and how they interact with everyone that they hire. So it's a very special place to me because it's they do great art, but they do it with great heart. And that doesn't always happen. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I mean, when when uh, the show was coming, my first reaction, I don't mind saying this, was, you know, I've seen the show a couple of times, like, oh, enough, I've seen it. Enough. And then, then I went, no, I'm going to go because it's timeline where, and I got to tell you. What a good decision that was on my part, because this particular production is just so engaging. I mean, I walked out and immediately went to Jay Kelly, your PR people. I said, oh, I got to do it. I've got to talk to Beth. I've got to talk to Helen. We've got to do this because this is just such the set alone. It's like this is just so much more realistic and so real. And the time that we're in, there's just so much more to talk about. And that's relevant today um, than even when Heidi wrote it. It's just uh, it's just amazing. And I just uh, and I thank you both for for spending time with me. Uh, let me let let me let our listeners and viewers know that what the Constitution means to me plays a timeline theater over on the convenient Wellington Street, <laughs> right in Just the give neighborhood. Them, give them to, your home address, Paul. Just yes, let, and yeah, go to no. the bagel beforehand and have a piece of gefilte fish and then walk on over uh, and see the show. And the secret is if you're from out of town, the bagel will actually let you keep your car there. Just make sure you let, <laughs> let them know it's there. Not going to be happy. I just said that. Uh, <laughs> but the show is playing through July 2nd and you can get tickets at TimelineTheater.com. Theater spelled the proper British way, T-R-E, TimelineTheater.com. Beth and Helen, thank you for spending time with me. I appreciate it. Break legs every night thank that the you. show continues Paul, to thank run. Thank you so much. It was so for, great. Thank you so much for continuing the conversation with us and, and for bringing um, more eyeballs to and more people, hopefully, to the seats of this important show. So thank you, Paul, so much. My honor. Thank you. Thank you.